Hello, everyone. My name is Tiana. I am a food addict and grateful to be asked to do service and share my experience with the people on this call. Um, I, have, I take a special um, honor at being asked to speak at this meeting. Um, I know it's every night of the week, and I've spoken on Sunday nights and Monday nights, and this is a Friday evening, and I'm grateful that um, there's a place for people with that much weight to lose or to keep off to convene. Um, it's very much, I think, a special, uh, it takes a special relationship with a higher power to uh, have a body so different from what we get used to and the comfort of our food. So again, I'm honored to be asked to speak. Um, I came into program in 1990 at 300 pounds and I have released um, and maintained 130 pound weight loss. Um, I'm older than I was when I came in 33 years ago and my weight has shifted and I've had uh, some surgeries that have altered my form and I have learned to be grateful that I get to wake up in, in a healthy body that carries me through the day. Um, when I came into program, uh, and I'll tell you how I, I'll, I'll start with how I work my program because I think it's important that um, I'm clear about where I come from. Uh, like I said, I came into program where, where weighing 300 pounds almost exactly 300 pounds. And um, the first sponsor that I had um, put me on a food plan that was no flour, no sugar, nothing in between, no caffeine, no sweeteners, and um, uh, no alcohol, no mood altering drugs, like uh, legal mood altering drugs. Um, and at the time there was a controversy about whether or not uh, flour was an issue. For me, um, I made a list when I, she first asked me to do that. And the look on my face, I'm sure, prompted her next comment to me was, uh, you don't have to do this, it's a choice. But just for fun, write down all the food that you've had that's a binge food for you, a food that you think you can't live without. And every single item on my list was a product that was uh, really uh, didn't have any nutrition with it whatsoever. It was just all flour sugar. And uh, I had a, um, a ritual nightly binge that when I looked at it was about 3,500 calories. So having that extra every day um, is a lot of weight. Uh, so that's still how I eat. No flour, no sugar, three weighed and measured meals a day. Um, no caffeine, or else I don't sleep. Um, nothing in between, and I don't smoke or drink alcohol. So uh, that much has stayed the same. It has not been a straight, direct line from that day to today. I have uh, relapsed a couple of times. Um, and uh, at the same time, I can tell you that I've gone through things that uh, I didn't think I could do abstinently, but I managed to because I had developed a relationship with a higher power and a sponsor that I work with daily during, um, I had uh, cancer a few years ago and that was through the chemo and the surgeries. There were four surgeries and radiation. And every single day I recommitted to my food, to my sponsor, to getting back to work and to uh, regaining the faith that was a little shaken when um, first time I remember 
when I was in program and, and being abstinent and getting to my three committed meetings a week, first time I got sick, I couldn't understand it. I remember saying, God, but I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. But we are human beings, and I forget that. I think I'm a machine a lot of times, that I don't need sleep. I don't need to drink water. I don't need to pay attention to what I'm uh, you know, running upstairs or things like that. But I'm a human, and humans have needs that are both physical, uh, emotional, and spiritual, which is what this program is about. Um, I was always uh, a chubby kid. Um, I, can, I can see photographs of me. Uh, getting fatter by the month. Um, when I was seven, um, my father died, and I had my first communion. I was raised Catholic. First communion was about four weeks later, and I can see from the pictures that uh, we had taken during that brief time period where my mother had to, uh, she made my communion dress, and she had to let it out because I had gained that much weight. As a seven-year-old, I turned to food to solve all my problems, my emotional problems, my family conflicts, everything was always about the food. Um, I didn't, um, backing up just a little bit, I came to this country when I was three uh, from Argentina and my parents were refugees from World War II from Europe. So my mother never did really learn to speak English super well. So we had this, um, this multilingual household where we spoke Italian, we spoke English, and we also, my father was Polish. So there was this never really understanding that there were places that I was, I belonged to this group or I belonged to that group. I always felt like comfortable at home, but really awkward and not belonging outside. And that not belonging, that sort of alienation, uh, to people in my my own age group, I didn't speak English till I went to school, and um, never really had close friends from the neighborhood. Uh, so I always felt that alienation from other people. And I ate. If I found an eating buddy, I was in heaven. And and that was usually someone in my grade who was also chubby. Um, I did well in school and went to an exam school here in Boston that was all girls and uh, lasted three years there and then went to a normal high school where I was uh, struggling with my weight desperately. It was the first time I had been in school as a, uh, as a, a teenager with boys. Um, and uh, eating was uh, always a diet. I was always doing uh, uh, was diet workshop. There was Weight Watchers. There was um, within school, I was very active as well. I played a couple of sports. So I could really, during, during you know, seasons, I could eat more. Uh, even very active at home, I love to run and skate and bike. So it was not a horrible problem until I stopped being active and then my weight really ballooned. Um, I was married when I was almost 21 and I had three kids by the time I was 25. And every time I was pregnant, I gained you know, that I think the normal they say is 25 pounds. Well, I would gain that the first month I knew I was pregnant because it was like a, it was like permission. I'm eating for two and um, reached 200 pounds during my uh, third pregnancy. And I went way over. And my, uh, I remember my shame in, um, I had a favorite snack food. And the doctor once asked me, what is, how are you gaining weight? What is it you're snacking on? What are you eating? 
And when I told him, he laughed at me and he used that particular snack food name as a nickname for me. Um, but uh, he, he, he was a little chubby, but he understood me. And uh, I had those three kids and um, was a screaming mother at 300. I didn't get to be 300 pounds until um, I came into program. So I would go to 250 and I could drop some. I could then when I went off, I would go up to 275 and come down. Um, I went back to school. I, I went to college when my kids were, were uh, in third, fourth, and fifth grade. And uh, when I started, I was 215 pounds. I had just gone through this rigorous diet program, and I was losing weight, and I felt confident enough to be able to go to school. I always thought I was too fat, ugly, and stupid to exist in the world, and stupid was a, was a big one. Um, so I, I, I wanted to get a real job. My husband was at the time was a drinker and I was always afraid he was going to kill himself behind the wheel and I wouldn't be able to support my kids. Uh, so that was my, uh, my impetus for going to school. Um, and by the time I graduated uh, with my undergraduate and graduate degree in four years, I was 300 pounds. So I gained about 85 pounds just from the stress of being in school. And during that time, I had these three kids who took music lessons. They each played a sport. My daughter also sang in musical theater, and I ran a soccer club. And out of all of that activity, all of that stress, trying to find value outside of me, value in what I could accomplish, what I could put on a resume, wrote for a newspaper as an intern um, during that period of time, too. So it's school full-time, work full-time, these three kids, and a husband who was uh, usually not available to me. Um, for any kind of emotional support. And I learned to be on my own. My mother was, uh, like I said, my father died when um, I was seven. So she raised, she was a single mom when we were the only family in the whole school to only have one parent. And she always said to us, you can do anything. You don't need anybody, you can do anything. And so um, through my whole life, I had the, the whole willpower thing beaten into my head those of us who have struggled with this kind of weight and getting through a day or starting a diet on Monday or New Year's when the gym memberships go up because people overeat. I mean, willpower has nothing to do with it. Um, uh, it really doesn't. Um, I could do all those other things, but I couldn't manage my food. Uh, flour and sugar for me were a drug. And once they were in my system, they were all I could think about. I would, I would study and read but I always had a bag or a box of something. There were foods that I bought for my kids uh, who weren't interested in them, but that was my rationale. Always, always, always about the food. Um, when I did get into program, um, and uh, that was because I saw someone that I had grown up with and she was thin twice in a row when I had run into her. Uh, twice thin, within a couple of months was unheard of. It was always, you got to go late and that was permission to go eat. Um, and so I was shocked to see her the second time and she suggested I go to an OA meeting. And I was not interested, but eventually I did go. Uh, it took me a couple of weeks. And uh, the first speaker I heard at that meeting was talking about how she was too fat to fit in the MRI machine, that she needed an MRI. She had an oxygen tank. Uh, tank she rolled around with, and she was insulin um, dependent diabetic. 
And I thought, oh, my God, that's me. I'm so fat. What if something happens and I can't fit into the, the MRI machine? And that was the one thing that I sort of identified with. She was completely different for me, but I identified with that outcome for my eating. I did not connect the amount of food I was sneak eating, the amount of food I was binging on alone at night crying with my weight. And it wasn't until um, I gave up flour and sugar, I went on three meals a day. I did not weigh and measure initially. It took me four years to get that honesty under my belt, but I lost 85 pounds really quick. So for me, it was the first time that I had really lost that much weight in a really six months, short period of time. But that because I didn't go back on flour and sugar, I didn't gain it back. I've not gone, um, I've not gained that much weight back. Uh, when I was in relapse, I went back from about 100, I was always about 155. I went up to 190. And in t- 2017, I came back in and uh, um, have not gone to that weight again. Uh, thank you, God. But um, the connection in my brain, that peculiar mental twist, uh, was so uh, so embedded in my thinking about myself that I did not connect my eating with my weight. Uh, once I was able to go through the steps, I made those connections. And uh, this is a 12-step program, and um, I can't stress enough uh, two things. Number one, the steps by themselves, if you work with a qualified Big Book Step Study sponsor and you do the work, you do get the healing that's promised. Uh, I like the word healing versus recovery because I think of recovery from our weight as our abstinence, but healing from the scars, the emotional or uh, um, yeah, that's how I think of myself. You may not have them, but I have had so many emotional scars that the healing came through the steps, not through um, any other processes. But also the thing that happens is when you take a really good look for me, I took such a good look at myself doing step four uh, that um, I, I, I left my life. I walked away from a marriage and um, got a job, did, I really walked away from that life as it was, and um, I've been on my own since and uh, currently retired, uh, although I do, I'm a writer by trade, and I was a teacher for a long time, and I worked as a in a biotech and a pharmaceutical as a project manager. And now I'm back to teaching, but uh, teaching what I want to teach and people <clears throat> in my community, the gift that of the promises that come after step nine, uh, they don't, I know we read them at a lot of meetings, but those, those promises come true after step nine, getting to do a genuine honest step nine. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's to me where the the major uh, the major benefits of sticking with the program and to and, and to get to that point, you really do have to keep the food down. If you keep picking up the food, or if I kept picking up the food, then I wouldn't have the mental capacity to do the work. Um, so the one thing I wanted to uh, to mention just at the end here. Um, is that we talk about step 12, um, and this is December, so we read step 12, is practice these principles in all our affairs. And one of the things that I think I didn't realize until recently when I heard a speaker mention it, is that there are principles associated with each step. So the, the, simple, the simple program is working the steps. 
but the principles are, are um, outlined also in 12 steps. And I want to read them um, with the, just quickly. It's only one word for each step. But uh, when we say the serenity prayer, which we do all the time, we ask for acceptance, courage, and wisdom to know the difference between what we can change and what we cannot change. Uh, we don't ask for a, a healthy body. We don't ask for relationships that we're comfortable in or enough uh, food, money, and none of that. We ask for acceptance and courage. And I think that's very uh, important to remember what this program is about. So the 12 principles that are associated with each step are really simple. Step one is about acceptance. Step two is hope. Step three is faith. Step four is courage. Step five is honesty. Step six is patience. Step seven is humility. Step eight is willingness. Step nine is brotherly love. Step 10 is integrity. Step 11 is self-discipline. And step 12 is service. And um, in AA, they talk about, well, the other, <laughs> what do they call it, the beverage program. They talk about uh, people that just work step one and step 12. But um, when you do the first nine, in, in genuine, um, uh, authentic work of step nine with a sponsor, you go through these stages where uh, you're looking at accepting yourself as, a, as an addict or an overeater, and then there's hope for us because we see it in, the, in our meetings, and then we get faith in step three. But steps 10, 11, and 12 is how we maintain and grow our character, which allows us to, to then reach out and be of service to other people. And I love that. The integrity, living a life of integrity means being honest. And we do that with a sponsor in our food. And we do that with the people in our life. If, uh, if you say or do something that makes you uncomfortable when you, you think about it later, that you make it right. You make an amends. And that's developing integrity. And self-discipline with the meditation, prayer and meditation is step 11. And we get into that particular um, discipline of even if it's three minutes a day, that we, we've learned the discipline of our food and our uh, spiritual and our emotional. And then step 12 is service, which is doing what I'm doing right now, doing what you're doing, going to a meeting, giving support, sharing your experience, hoping that someone hears something that they need to hear so that they can go off and have a, a, a day that they're proud of at the end that gives them the peace in their life that they're looking for and uh, a way out of their addiction, whether it's food or any other substance uh, or relationship uh, or job or whatever it is that is holding you back from being, uh, being the authentic you that you want to bring to your life. Um, so that's, uh, that's all I really have to say. Um, and uh, for, I know you always ask for a topic and, um, um, I, I just would like people to be authentically who they are and what they're feeling in this moment and to share that for people who are hoping for some, uh, something to identify with. Um, so thank you again for asking me to speak. My name is Tiana, and I am a food addict in recovery day at a time. Thank you.